You're listening to the In Search SEO Podcast by Rank Ranger. That's right. You are listening to the Insert SEO Podcast, the podcast that paints the town red with succulent search marketing insights. Oh, it's popping this week. We're geeking out over SERP features and Google's algorithm with none other than Dr. Freaking Pete. In specific, we are geeking over what we get from keeping tabs on SERP features, why analyzing a Google update is a bit more complicated than some make it out to be, and approaching the SERP as a means to understanding what the big G, that's Google, is up to. But first, let's get into why search as a journey needs to evolve in a big way. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the dazzling, the exciting the energetic Sapir Carabello. Hello, Marty. Oh, oh my God. What What was that? Listen, I decided that I don't want you to compare me to what was it? Um, uh, an overbaked over- microwave potato. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for, okay? In case, you, so in case you didn't listen last week, I, told, I said Sapir is as bad as energetic as an over microwaved baked potato. Which I, I I still don't get how you can, you know, uh, overheat a potato by using a microwave, but okay. Very easy. Uh, Very um... easy. Take a potato, <laughs> put it in there for 20 minutes, see what happens. You should put a potato in the oven and not in the microwave. Don't, okay, don't never tell mind. me what I need to do. Anyways, so I decided to try and be more energetic. That didn't work. Don't do that again. That did not work. <laughs> Wow. That was like okay. strange. That was like an alien coming down from another planet speaking, <laughs> trying you to communicate. Don't appreciate, you don't appreciate my efforts. I do. Okay? No, 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 no. I, I appreciate your effort. I just think you're full of crap and you did it on purpose to be funny. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay. Well, do not forget, we put out a new episode of the Insert SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. And, of course, you can make subscribe on iTunes. You can also probably find it wherever great podcasts are found. Also, another plug for Rank Ranger and our advanced rank tracking. Been plugging away at this each and every week on the podcast, but I will plug away at it again. If you want to track rank volatility, if you want to see when you are above or below the fold, if you want a real visibility score that factors in the SERP features that are on the page to tell you how visible your URL really is, and you want Rank Ranger, head over to rankranger.com and sign up for a 14-day free trial. No credit card necessary because we do not do spammy. Okay. Oh, Oh, by the way, by the way, plug, plug for the podcast. Check out our newsletter. Um, subscribe to our newsletter for stay up to date in the podcast. Great, great hand-picked SEO content to read um, each and every week. You can find the place to subscribe. It is the pinned tweet on the podcast Twitter page. That's at insearch underscore SEO. Also, in the blog post that harbors this podcast, you will see a button that says subscribe to the podcast. So definitely check that out and follow us on Twitter. Okay, super stoked. Super stoked 
Um, gotta get this interview with the good doctor, Dr. Pete. Super fun, super cathartic to talk to someone who sits in the ivory tower um, as real SEO goes on. So we could both appreciate that perspective on things. But I made a promise to you last week, and I don't break my promises unless I really want to. Um, <laughs> we spoke about that Google is unli- um, is very likely, I say unlikely, it doesn't make any sense, very likely to go product heavy, or should I say heavier, and how that leaves folks looking for information prior to buying in the lurch to a large extent, I think. Um, and I told you that I thought that that, that, that problem, so we finally have two that's in a row, that that problem was part of a larger problem. And there's a lot of ways I could frame this. And I, I'm, I'm going to do my best because you can frame this problem in a lot of different ways. I wrote a long-ass post about this, which I have not released that I took from a different perspective. I'll probably release that in yeah, two weeks or so. Um, so that takes up the same problem in way more depth than right now. But from a different perspective, um, from I guess from this perspective, we're going to take it from um, Google needing to take search as a journey out of infancy because we're going down another SEO wormhole. So search as a journey born in the fall of 2018 meant to get the user to where they want to go and guide them along the way. And it hasn't exactly done that yet. Um, see, I think two years out, search as a journey is a two-year-old. Exactly that, two-year-old. It's two years old. Wow. Wow, what, what, what a groundbreaking observation. I am, yeah, I am full of them. Yep, mm-hmm. I can count. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. I can go on. I can go on. I do math. Anyway, you're, <laughs> you're, trying to hurt my feelings aside. Great success, by the way. Great success. I'm going (laughs) to hide in a closet after this. Thank you. Uh, Remember last week, I was talking about um, a search where I wanted some guidance. I had to pick out the right genes to show my lovely hiney off. Remember that's up here? (laughs) All I remember from last week is your granny panties. Sorry. That's all you remember from last week? I, that's all I can remember. I think I'm, okay. I'm traumatized. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that's good. That's no, like I'm a great. That's not. That's like great. Some. That's like great clickbait. Like now you're gonna want to go back and listen to last week if you didn't listen to last week where I talked about me <laughs> looking for granny underwear. Anyway, um, if anyway. do you remember last week's up here where um I searched for how to find the right pair of jeans for my butt and there are PLAs and whatever else there was that showed up before the results that I wanted for the information that I wanted. Do you remember that? I mean, how can I forget when you rented about it, the whole podcast? See, I didn't know forget is a good question. No, I don't think you forgot. I didn't know if you were listening to begin with. (laughs) Anyway, and and I feel like, I feel like I have to listen to you. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is unfortunate. (laughs) Part of my obligation is being a a co-host. Yeah. Uh, You don't have to, you can pretend. Anyway, I feel like Chris Farley (laughs) talking to Paul McCartney on Saturday Night Live right now. And and remember when I said, remember when, do you remember, Sapir, when I said the solution to Google going too far down a commerce rabbit hole is for Google to make sure that that, you know, the related, not related, the research carousel that it always shows or almost always shows um, is above the fold. Do, Do you remember that? Listen, Morty, I remember. Just 
get to the point for God's sake. Don't bring God into this, okay? Well, I think I think it's all systemic. Okay, we talked about last week how Google has conflicting goals at times. In specific, uh, last week spoke about how Google has a need to push product on the main SERP to support their shopping, their free shopping listings, and that puts it at odds with what's best for the user in a certain perspective or a certain prominent demographic of users looking for information before they buy. So I think this very problem, along with the push for answers on the SERP, which I have a separate post about why Google is pushing for answers on the SERP, which you, I will, we will put that into the show notes for the podcast, so check that out. So all of these things puts it at odds. So Google pushing too many products, Google pushing too many answers and the like puts it at odds with, you guessed it, search as a journey. Uh, at least a very vital component of it. I feel like it should be some dramatic music when they say search as a journey. But those kind of <laughs> things, like so many answers, so many products, all that kind of stuff, puts it at odds with a very vital, I think it's a very vital component of search as a journey. And that's the excessive... Okay, as a journey. No. I should do movies. It's about a journey. No, please don't. The... the it, it specifically all that kind of stuff um, puts it at odds with accessing, accessing, accessibility of deeper, more targeted, and overall more substantial content, because there's not a lot of um, access points to that content. Like for example, you have interesting finds that you might you might argue, well, Morty, that's a good segue to deeper content. No, it's not. One because you often get the same exact URL that's showing in the organic results in interesting finds, and it's all pretty much the same kind of content. It's not different content extending your journey in a deeper, different way. Make sense up here? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, and here's the problem, is that Google is incentivizing the creation of highly detailed and highly nuanced content. Incentivizing. Okay, that's interesting, but how did you come to this conclusion? Um, I just said it. I said it into being. I said it into <laughs> being. On, no, okay, fine. Let's run through it really, really quickly. Okay, here, this is the problem. Like Google is incentivizing deeper content, but not offering access points to it. So you have things like um, things incentivizing deeper content. Like I talked about in a recent Search Engine Land article, the, the top filter that refines the query. So you search for, you know, like um, best vacations, and then Google shows a top filter for. Um, for all the 12 months, and you can see specific uh -huh. results for best vacation in January or in February or in March. I can keep going. Okay. Uh -huh. So that filter, which takes you away from top level content and refines the query almost automatically, that incentivizes deeper content. Lack of opportunity for your average site to rank for top level content because you're competing with super authorities. Let's say you're in the health vertical. You're, you know, I don't know, like about best things to eat while undergoing cancer treatment. You're not going to rank super authorities. You need to go much more specific. So there's another way Google's incentivizing deeper content. Um, and, 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 and I had another one. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Answers. Answers on the SERP. We have an, I have another blog post about this, which we'll link to in the show notes, where when Google's answering, like, what's the weather outside today? You don't have any more room to get that traffic like you used to, so maybe offer deeper content about you know weather patterns in New York, right? Whatever it is. So Google right. is incentivizing in many ways, probably more than I'm getting to right now, deeper content. But at the same time, you have very little access on the SERP to this content. 
And that's what we saw with the products last week. Those access points, right? Even for an informational commerce query, Google shows products right away and that very relevant research carousel going to deeper content about the product that I'm trying to research was way, way at the bottom of the page. So the access, so Google's incentivizing that content, but then it's not giving you access to it. Right. Right. So in other words, how is Google supporting search as a journey? God. If it's not giving you the access to that deeper content that you need. For example, I'll give you an example. Um, I love okay. sports. I love baseball. Baseball's coming back in like two weeks. I knew it. So I excited. Knew you were use yes. Example. Okay. You God search for the uh, yes, for the awesome, the the, the amazing can't say amazing that's for the Mets but the the incredible <laughs> New York Yankees and you get a SERP and you do it for any sports team by the way it doesn't have to be the Yankees but it should be the Yankees that's a baseball team right yeah that's a baseball yeah. team and air is a thing we breathe <laughs> um you you search for New York Yankees or you pick your favorite other not as good sports team and you you get a SERP filled with top level direct I call it direct answerish content, and you do get options and opportunity to extend your journey, your exploration. What do you get? You get carousels for other sports teams. So it'll say like you know other New York sports teams. You get a carousel of other New York sports team, and you'll click on you'll click on one of these other New York sports teams or whatever other top level direct answerish content you so choose to click on. And do you know what you get up here? When you click on one of deep these op- content. Now, see, now you're just messing with me. No, you don't get deep content. Okay, you get lack of deep content. You get more top level content. You'll okay, click. I wouldn't know. I don't look up search. Oh, yeah, sure. You get, you know, <laughs> what happens is you get you click on one team and you want to see about information about another team because Google's shoving another team in your face. And you click on another team and you get the same sort of thing. Access to you know other players, other teams, but it's very top level. So Google's sending this mixed message, right? It's confusing. It's confusing the industry, I think. It's like create deeper content, but we're not going to give you the access points to actually get the user to that deeper content. I don't think we realize how confusing this is because all of this messaging is very, very latent. It's very, very subtle. But at the end of the day, it holds back search as a journey. Okay, but seriously now, can I ask you a question? Yeah, that's what you're here for. In reality, that is what you're here for. <laughs> I just okay. Do you associate search as a journey only with deep content? Like, can it be also direct answers, PLAs, etc.? Yes, yes. Because then it doesn't necessarily hold back search as a journey. Oh no, but it's no. Just like I agree. One aspect of it. A million percent. Okay. There's two ways. If you want to look at this conceptually, there's two ways you could extend the journey. One is to open up other topics. Or the other is to drill down more in detail into one specific topic. Google's very good okay. at opening up other topics, right? You pick it, you search for New York Yankees, you get all sorts of other sports teams, other players you can have access to. A lot of top level opening up, you know, the broader set of the sports world in front of you. But what you don't get into is the deeper content. Let's take the New York Yankees as a good example, okay? So okay. Major League Baseball was shut down because of coronavirus. They had a whole fight about reopening again. Everyone wants more money. No one, blah, 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 all about the money, 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 money. They finally come to an agreement <laughs> of some sort, and they're going to have a 60-game season. And they released a schedule last week. And most of the games are night games, which is, like, so stupid because everybody's at home during the day. All these kids can't go to camp. Let them watch baseball during the day. 
And it's been this whole buzz, like how stupid is Major League Baseball? Not, I mean, they're literally Saturdays where there's only night games. Doesn't make any sense. So when I search for New York Yankees, now that kind of stuff doesn't show up in the top stories carousel. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's not new. It's not this this topic of the schedule sucking is not being discussed in the by the news media per se. It's you know more on like sports blogs. Okay. So why not have a carousel of you know the best of the sports blogs this week? And you'll get, you know, see information like I'm just telling you right now about like, hey, people are upset about the schedule. Information you would not have right. gotten otherwise, not even known that it existed otherwise. Okay, that's what right. I mean. Like, it's, you're not offering any access points to anything really deeper. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, okay, so in other words, instead of search as a journey, opening up new <laughs> <Love> vistas, <laughs> I can't, opening up new vistas to searchers. Uh-huh. It does things like it helps you pick up where you left off last time. It shows you some related topics. You were absolutely right. But it doesn't really get in there like you would want it to, you know? Right. But then isn't it the whole point of Search is a Journey? Yeah, that's the whole point. I think that is the whole point of Search is a Journey, to get in there a little bit deeper. I'll give you another example because you don't like sports. Recipes. Oh, thank God. Okay. Recipes. Yeah. Uh, recipes. Yeah. I don't, I don't cook. Well, that's okay. not my. I can't. I can't know everything about you. I can hardly know anything about you. When you search okay, for, recipes, recipes. I had to make yeah. a chocolate cake for the Yankee game, or had to make a chocolate cake. Okay. What do you get? What shows up? Uh, featured snippets, video carousel. Right, or you know, recipes. Of other sorts, yes, yes. There could be very much a video feature snippet, that sort of thing. Recipes, right? Now, I don't know right. about you, but it seems like I am like you, okay? When I bake, <laughs> everything goes wrong, and it never turns out right. Uh-huh. Wouldn't a carousel Why of... am I not surprised? Okay. Yeah, I don't know, because I don't do anything right, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Wouldn't a carousel... <laughs> wouldn't a carousel of mistakes to avoid while making chocolate cake be pertinent to you? It would be to me. Uh... Would it? I don't know. Like when you look up a recipe, I guess it all depends on the individual. Because if I look up a recipe, all I don't know. I, I wouldn't care. Like if I see a if I see uh, a carousel of mistakes, okay, I'll, I'll look at it. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I'll think about when I type in the search. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, that is my point. You wouldn't have <laughs> thought about it. So let Google right. extend your journey for you. But but you would be relevant. You'd be like, yeah, I would look at that. I would totally right, look right. at that, right? But I right. wouldn't have thought about it on my own, right? Right. That's the exactly. whole freaking point. That You just proved my point. <laughs> That's the whole freaking point. I'm going home. We're done. Okay, okay. Google is holding search as a journey back. It's a great concept. Oh. But it's holding mm. it back. Because you have mm-hmm. to go both broad and you have to go deeper. It's Google is asking, it's incentivizing deeper content like I spoke about before for all those three reasons, probably more reasons, but there's no access to it. Like We as marketers would have done, hey, we as marketers would have totally picked that up. Like, hey, you know what? What's other great content that can go with recipes? If you're a recipe site, things to avoid, mistakes to avoid while you're making this recipe. Marketers would have picked that up. Google should think more like a marketer Less like a search engine, so it could save search as a journey. Oh god! <laughs> and that's it. I'm done. Okay, that's I'm was, done. That enough good, of that. Good, enough uh, of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we talked about cake. We talked about Yankees. 
and Google. It's been a, it's been a great morning so far. Okay. <laughs> so with that, with that, enough about that. Let's go and have a nice talk with Dr. Pete. Dr. Pete Myers of Moz. The one and only. A one-on-one chat about all the unseens in the world of tracking data on the algorithms, on SERP features. So geeky. So good. Here we go. Here comes another search marketing expert. It's time for an in-search interview. Listening to another In Search SEO podcast interview. Today, I have a magical man. He lives in the ethos that is all that is good, grand, and noble about SEO. He's on the Mount Rushmore of SEO, which is basically an anthill in one of the bathrooms at the Googleplex. But he's one of the most upstanding, uncompromising, irreplaceable people in the industry. He's Moz's own marketing scientist. He's Dr. Pete. Welcome. Hey, nice to be here. So I don't I, think I can add anything to that. <laughs> I always tell my guests, like, that's like the, this is the pinnacle of the interview. It's all downhill from here. At <laughs> <laughs> you got a good start. Right. Right. So I sort of view you as like the Madonna of SEO because it's just Dr. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Dr. Pete. Dr. Pete. How did that come about? How did you end up being just Dr. Pete? I don't... You know, it's funny because I was not like Mr. Uh, Plout, my PhD, when I finished school, especially since I changed careers. But uh, I think one of my clients realized I had a PhD and for some reason it was like a big deal to them and they started to always call me Dr. Pete on the phone <laughs> and uh, when I went out uh, when I went out on my own and started my consulting firm and my last name is Myers like my name is so common like Myers is spelled like 500 different ways right M-Y-R-M-E-Y you're the M-E-Y M-E-Y M-E-I and there's like German Jewish adaptation and there's all the S is usually like an Americanization and so I was just like ah you know I'll just use that and see how it goes and it was like the best accidental branding decision I ever made it's just like stuck so much and been so easy but now I don't even hear it and I I get new employees and moms are like oh do I Am I supposed to call you Dr. Pete? Like, oh my God. Like, no. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Please just call me Pete, you know, but. But, but wait, wait, what's the PhD in? I have a PhD in human experimental psychology, technically. Well, that kind of relates. Uh, yeah, which was, uh, truthfully, it was cognitive psychology. It's just they didn't call it that yet. So I did a lot of work with like adult learning, memory, things oh, like that. Oh, awesome. So it's not like you were like an English lit I was PhD. At the time, cause like, I was, no, <laughs> well, I don't want to upset my author friends, so let's, right, uh, right. let's be careful. But my undergrad was computer science, and it was kind of funny because I, I finished undergrad in 92, my PhD in 97. And at the time, everybody was like, you know, you tell people that, and they're like, oh, interesting. Like, they could not connect it. And now everybody's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, oh, that's, you know, that, of course, those two go together. I'm like, I wish. Right. <laughs> you know, you had been there when I actually did this. Everybody thought it was crazy. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay. So we could talk about all sorts of personal stuff for a long time, but we don't have a long time. So let's get into um, the wider world of tracking Google, the Google SERP, Google algorithms. But I have to ask you before we get started. So we're competitors. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 
Well, I, you know, it's kind of awkward because before quarantine, this was going to be a cage match. Right, right. And, I have uh, my ladder I, still outside. I could bring it in yeah, here. Yeah, right. I I don't know how we're going to do that uh, virtually, so we had to find a new format. So. I've been practicing smacking uh, people on the back with metal chairs. Chairs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My yeah. kids are a little upset right now. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I guess part of it's coming out of academia. You know, I still have that research mindset a little bit. Not to say academia is not competitive or everybody's cutthroat. Lovely because they're not. I'm uh, getting tenure. But, you're not. <laughs> but, it, you know, some of it is just that research background. Like, I, I guess I care more about getting the right answer some days than competition. But I also think, frankly, you sum us all up, and I mean even Conductor and Bright Edge and our big players, and we're like half a billion dollars, and Google is a hundred billion. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, well, it's like some days we gotta play nice with each other, you know, and. Uh, I've always been impressed, like the generosity of people in the industry and the data science folks. I mean, uh, even our biggest competitors, you know, frankly, like SEM Rush is probably our most. Do not other their name. Public Do not other their name. Yeah, but we, I mean, we all talk. Nah, and, joke. You know, we just, we just talked with Olga. Right. right. Over there uh, with Barry. And so, yeah, I, I want to get the information and I, a little bit of karma too. I mean, Sometimes I let somebody know what's going on with Google, and I get something back a month later, and yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah, I mean, the same thing. I mean, it's be a teacher. For me, it's all about understanding what's happening, and if that means talking to the biggest, baddest competitor over at Moz, it, it's, 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 I don't even think about it. I mean, it's true that you could look at it as like, okay, it's good for branding, too. We're, um, we're open to under, we're all about the knowledge and getting the right answer and blah, 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 but that doesn't really factor in unless I'm talking to, like, the salespeople. I'm like, oh, no, no, see, it's good. It's right, good. Right. It's good for a brand building. But the truth is, it's like, it's such an interesting field. It's, there's so much depth. There's so much going on. There's so much theory. There's so much practicality going on that it's almost like stupid not to talk to people. We're also at a point in the industry where you can't know everything. Well, I mean, maybe yeah. there, I'm sure there are some people who think they do. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> we run into them once in a while. <laughs> on but, Twitter. You know, you, you, can't, you can't keep up with it all and you can't know everything and there's always going to be some gap. And so, you know, like we tease Barry, but I appreciate it when we say, hey, is this something new? And <laughs> right. Like, no. No, old. Ago, you know. 2006. <laughs> I, I tease him for the brevity. Yeah, it is exactly. It's like, right. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I, now when I see people try to like ask a question and every once in a while I get tagged in it, I'll try to find the article before he can. I'm like, here's Barry's <laughs> article. <laughs> 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 but we love Barry, and yeah, you know, I wouldn't know. Like if I didn't ask, I wouldn't know. I'd still think it was brand new and feel good about myself. Sometimes I wish I could have that hour. I don't know how we keep track of it, by the way. You know, the, the dude must have like an encyclopedic mind because there have been instances where like, I found something and I'm like, "Is this new?" And he goes, "No, you idiot! You found this three years ago." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm a, I'm a terrible curator. Oh, like, I have horrible I have this, memory. I'm really bad with like. Dates. I hated like I love history now, but I hated it in school. Like dates and names. That's I'm funny. So bad at that. I'm a I'm a big history buff, but I hate the date part of it. Like, don't ask me when something yeah, happened. Like, don't Just ask me, me what happened. Like, yeah, yeah. Anatomy. Oh god, I hated anatomy. Like, <laughs> sucks. Memorize these eight thousand things. I hate it. So yeah, thank thankfully Barry's there for us. Thank God for Barry. So so on this note, on this note of okay, we're all gonna be open with each other. We're all gonna share and sing kumbaya. Um, 
are there points where you're going to say, okay, you know, there's a big surge in, in um, rank fluctuations or um, SERP features. Let me go check out SEMrush. Let me go check out Rank Ranger. Let me go check out Algorill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll look around. I, I mean, I just view it as confirmation sometimes. Like, right, hey, yeah. am I on the right track? Totally. Is it working? And totally. If, uh, I've got a big spike and nobody else does. Right. Like, oh, something's wrong. Oh, what's going on? And uh, see what's broken. Yeah, and it was funny. Somebody launched oh, this one of the older tools. I don't know if they're still running, but they launched like two weeks before Monstcast went public. No. And it was kind of like somebody else publishing your dissertation. Like I'd been working on it for three or four months. And all credit where it's due, they didn't, you know, rip it off or anything like right. that. They were they were just doing it in parallel and. I think it was one of those ideas that it was like the right place at the right time, you know. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the wind sucked so out I of you. There's a lot. And also, frankly, like, we don't put a lot of front-end resource on Mozcast, so sometimes there's just some bits and pieces other people have where you go, oh, yeah. that's cool, or I don't track it that way. Or, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Semrush has a whole uh, per-niche breakdown. We were yeah, thinking you could track about a couple uh, page factors or something that we don't look at. Yeah, where I'm just like, all right, I want to validate that. I do I want to track it? So yeah, no, I mean, I literally do the same thing. There was a thing like recently, like I our knowledge panel data was off. I'm like, all of a sudden there's like this giant drop in knowledge panel data. And I'm like, all right, it's probably us. I'm gonna go check out Mozcast. <laughs> yeah, let's see what. Let's see, and I think we we're both broken to be honest with you. But um, that also happened. Yep. And is, is and we also so I. Some people ask me about data set and things like that. You know, we bought Stat a year ago or so, just over a year ago. Uh, so I work with Eric on the Stat team. They have a much different data set and larger, and because they work with enterprise folks. Uh, so we compare a lot internally, too. And oh, that's interesting. And see what's going on. Is it, like, vastly different? It is. So because Moscast was kind of meant to be static forever, right. which has pros and cons. I mean, the pro is, like, I have... Six years of history, I know really well. Right, right. And it's not changing every day, but it's also pretty small. Uh, so stat, we have a little better access to cross customer set. All anonymized, of course, but much larger and enterprise focused. You know, Moz is a little more mid-market kind of customer. Moz, we also, quite frankly, have a, a data structure that is not built to look across all the data. Right. It's very compartmentalized by customer for it was designed that way for privacy and various things. So, yeah, we did the same thing. It makes some other things really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same problem. a really great job at that. So we're like, all right, sometimes we have to look at it. That's that nice. Way. We should buy a stat also. That would help. <laughs> we should work on that. <laughs> Where do you get one Where of those? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. a nice Canadian master. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny because when you, I look at the different um, weather tools, I'll be like, oh, you know what? They're looking at a very similar data set that we are, or they're not a very similar data set than yeah. we are. And it's interesting because, like, I think people think, like, okay, this is the data. It's either right or it's wrong. But it's way more nuanced than that. There's no, yeah, there's no representative sample of SERPs. Right. Because you could type in anything. And now it's <laughs> like Google says, what's, you know, what is it, 15%? Right, now the new searches, right, that every day. Never seen, that Google's never seen. So right. It's like, we've tried to create what's that, like, gold standard SERP set. And you can do better and worse, kind of. But there's no set, you know? There's, it's not like a population you're sampling. 
where you know the characteristics and yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a way it's a more complicated problem than people think. Yeah, and because people all go, okay, so you know, the Rank Ranger said this or Ma said that. I'm like, okay, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, my friend. It's the same thing, just a you know, really nice pivot into that piece you wrote on the winners and losers on the uh, the Google algorithm updates. Oh yeah, yeah. So in case you missed this, Doctor P, I I literally I was I was crying tears of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to worry about you, you might need to get get out of the house a little bit. <laughs> I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Dude, today, like my one of my, my three-year-old found my wife's stamp. Let's use at work to stamp her name. And there's stamps all over my house because it wasn't oh, yeah. No. So I need to get out of the house. I'm gonna lose my mind. Anyway, back back on point, Morty. Yeah, so you wrote this awesome piece about winners and losers list. So I, I once did a winners and losers list based off an algorithm update, and, and I will never do it again. One is because I got a lot of flack about it, and two, because it was a really annoying pain in the ass. Because there's so many data spikes, so you you can catch a winner, but it's not really a winner. It's a reverse from the day before, or they yeah. really lost, or wh- whatever it is. And it's one of those things where I feel like, okay, we take these like winners and losers things as if like they're like the Ten Commandments. Like this is what happened during the algorithm update. It's kind of crazy. Like, do you really think that these are the top? You know, these are the most winning and losingest sites across the entire internet. Right. There's so many. It, it depends on data set. We talk about that a lot, but it also just depends on time span and volatility of that niche and volatility of the site. And not even, I don't want to bash, I mean, there are people who do good work. And yeah, yeah, okay, I, sorry. You know, I don't want to bash anybody. Doing, obviously. But uh, to go like a different direction, when I first started analyzing algo updates, I would look at like what keywords shifted the most. And right. I think I even published that early on, like these were the big movers and you know, then try and figure out how they were connected, and then you start doing a little bit. It gets a little shady, right? You're like, oh, right. obviously, that's right. This shows the pattern that Google. <laughs> obviously, somebody at Google is just shaking their head, like, oh my god. You every know? every time I write up a post, I'm, I I must stick in like 400 caveats, like, you know, please don't take this as the gospel. <laughs> right, like, please. I I always imagine John Mueller looking at this, but like <laughs> taking it and burning it in a metal garbage can somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have reached a point where I'll occasionally DM John and just be like, is this the dumbest thing you've ever read? Or is this the third dumbest? Or, like, let me know how wrong I am. He'll you be polite about it, though. Right. You should ask Gary, probably. He probably would tell you. Oh, no, Gary will quite freely tell me. But Gary will tell me I'm wrong no matter what. That's so it's also not really true. that helpful, right? Uh, but, no, I, I think what I saw was, I, I don't think I realized when I started this tracking how volatile things were. Yeah. And so I'd be like, I think once I was like, oh, Xbox 360, wow, that really moved. <clears throat> and then I go look back 30 days and I'm like, that's moving every day. Yes. You know, or news. Like people always say, well, news, oh, news is nuts. A lot. Like, yeah, news this is it's nuts. all over the place. Like top stories changes by like 40% over the course of a week. It's you know, insane. You like it's, it's down insane. on the weekend, it spikes on like Wednesday or so. So I, I don't think we knew, I don't think we realized how volatile, how real-time SERPs are. And so you, you do, you have to factor that in. And this was a great example with the LinkedIn, where it's like, right. you looked at the right day, you'd be like, LinkedIn lost 100%. <laughs> 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 they, they, they got they did lose 100%. Slammed, um, slammed. Like it, mu- was- it must have been like they were using either whatever it is. I don't know, like they, they don't have enough links. It's probably a link issue. <laughs> right, social media, right. Google. Google hates social media now. <laughs> just close, shut it all down, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. so it's so easy to overgeneralize, obviously. 
is there a benefit at all in your mind? Like I know Lily Ray did like 550 different, um, you know, winners and losers, all vertical base and blah 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 blah. It was a little bit different take on the traditional. Yeah. Here's five winners. Here's five losers. I think it. I think as long as we get better at it over time, that it's okay. And I, you know, I think we all recognize like there's limitations to this. I, I think we're going to have to get to it. The next step for us is to sort of categorize these sites mm. and look more in that sense. I don't. I did an analysis that was super complicated and I can't publish and wasted a lot of time uh, trying to correlate the core updates because I think we have an intuition like the same sites keep getting hit or keep going up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well health, Healthline, all, Dr. Axe. Yeah, exactly. We see, we spot those. And I did a correlation like between the absolute movement and are the same sites moving all the time. And the short answer okay. is they don't seem to be for the most part. Some are. I mean, those aren't our imagination. There are some that go up and down every time. But for the most part, the set of sites, the changes. You've just saved me like hours of time. time. But I think the only real relationship I found is that the sites that moved in this core update tend to be related to the sites that moved in the most recent core update, which is not the most useful bit right. of information. So I think they're more different than we think. But I think the trick is that Google's not targeting individual sites. No. So we have to look at like, what are the common factors of these sites? What are the, is it niche based? Is it something they're doing? And that's tough because that pulls in all that on page, so much more data that we can't see in the search. It's, right? it's a, right. You have to actually go in there. So I'm like messing around and using this thing called your brain, which is just, we don't do that. Well, yeah, no, I don't, I try yeah. not to do that. Yeah, I try. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm interested because like I have seen sites that for whatever reason, whether it's an unconfirmed update or a core update, they, they, they move every single time. There, yeah, there's definitely like a small subset that are being affected. I just constantly. wonder why the hell that is. Like, why is that? I'll never know. I think there's a common thread to the core updates. Yeah. And so that's what I was trying to get at. Truthfully, my hope was that if I could kind of find a relationship with between them, I could spot unannounced core updates. Oh. That was my dream. You could even predict who will get hit in the next core update. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, you could get a lot of money that. doing that. You and Neil Patel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's maybe I should get out of the phone and be doing that right now. Yeah. Hey, just put on some pajamas. <laughs> You're good to go. It does. I talk too much, but it does. One thing that really strikes me is that a while back, a long time ago, eBay took a big surf, a legitimate surf hit, and I wrote an article about it. Uh, and I've worked with like four hedge funds based on that one article. <laughs> and so I, I hate to say, and we have the same problem with the press. I used to have a contact Wall Street Journal and you know I, I work with the press a lot over the years and truthfully those winners losers takes people love that they're hot you know like they it. there's money in that and there's press in that and it's hard to I'm not giving I'm not making anyone saying they have ulterior motives or anything else I mean I I think we've all kind of grown and evolved as we've gone but that's a rush you know like that's a hit when you publish that big oh hey this this mega site got hit like everybody wanted to know about that, right? And yeah. you know, it's you can get sucked into that a bit. I did wonder was one like an Amazon stuff, like that. Like, nobody like, cares. No, <laughs> that's right. That's like, like you can write like four hundred pages of like the most like profound analysis possible. Right, like right. this honest, like, like, yeah. in depth research, and like forget it. You know, Your life's work, but if there's not a winners <laughs> and losers list in it, <laughs> you're screwed. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's why we. That's why literally. That's I will be honest. That's why I tried it. Like I got some flack. 
um, externally, not from not, not in house. Like, oh, why don't you have a winners and losers list? Like, you, your analysis is not complete. Right. Like, All right, I'll do one. I'll do one. Go ahead. I'll try it. It's not worth. It's not worth my integrity. It's just, even smaller. You know, there are times when marketing will ask me, like, "Hey, are you going to publish about this Google update?" And I'm like, "I don't have anything to say." Yeah, I like that. You know, like, I'd right. like to, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything. Like, you know, I've dug into the data, and what I've learned is that I don't know anything. Exactly. It's not a very long blog post. I don't think people realize that it's very hit or miss. You can either find something, or you can totally not find anything. Yeah, and there's a little luck in that too. Oh, like yes. You just uncover that pattern, and your data looks at it the right way. It's totally. Yeah. I, most of the time, like I find something, I'm like, it's not because I I set out to find that. I set out to find something else, and went down this whole rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, <laughs> check that out. Don't give away the secret sauce, right? <laughs> the secret sauce. Like, said, there's I no secret sauce though. Yeah, my keyboard, <laughs> and as I was shaking it out, I hit just the right combination of letters. Right. And, it's like that um that um uh, that Simpsons episode where Homer saves a nuclear power plant. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's a yeah. crazy combination of buttons and he can't repeat it. I just went down to Simpsons World Hall. Wow, I just dated myself. Okay. There are the, okay. Sorry, days. Yeah. Well, Simpsons sucks now. Oh forget that. That's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> it's just horrible. A, Ever since the movie. That's a whole it's a, that's a whole half hour. It's a, more, more than a half hour. It's very upsetting you to wanna me. Do, you want to do that multi part podcast. Right. Know. Part two. Stay tuned to part two. Um, I'm wondering, okay, so we, we track all this search feature data, we track all these algorithm data, and we're, I, at least myself, I don't focus day to day at least on so much of practical SEO. And it's a weird space to be in because you're like, you're dealing with like SEOs who are very practically minded, but you're looking at, at least for myself, I'll speak for myself. Tons of surfeature data, algorithm update data, blah, 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 blah. Okay, obviously, I'm looking at, at, at our SEO at the same time. But I find, at least for me, it offers me a very different perspective. I end up getting to like SERP theory or SERP philosophy or SERP abstractions as opposed to, hey, here's five tips I had to do this. So I'm wondering, how does it impact you to be looking at all that kind of data? Yeah, it is weird. I mean, it is almost like this academic SEO in a sense. And, you know, certainly there are people who criticize like, oh, well, we're doing the work and they're chasing the algorithm yeah we've hey, heard it all and, i'll sit in the ivory uh, tower i don't have any problem with that <laughs> i can tell from yeah the, like i sit in the ivory pile right of so you can see like behind crap. me here yeah right <laughs> my, my laundry on the couch here i purposely do my podcast in the worst room in the house so nobody knows. <laughs> it humbles nobody, me it humbles no me sparkling marble just across the hall <laughs> um oh, that's great no it's it's funny i I think, oh, geez, sorry. No, you're good. The, uh, I have asked over the years, like myself, like, is, is this useful? Like, is, why do I, why do I keep doing this? I, originally it was because I was really frustrated. I think it was, uh, that testimony before Congress that Eric Schmidt did when he was CEO, where he, where he under oath said there were however many updates, 600 and something, I think at the right. time. This was 2011, 2012, something like that. And, you know, we have all these people who, like Barry, who are trying to name the updates and track and Webmaster <laughs> World going back and Brett Tabke and that whole crowd. Um, and you're looking at it and it's like, wait, 600. And we had named like 13. Right, right. And that was the thing. And now it's like 3,000. And I know that might mean we changed how spell correct works in Korean or something. You know, it can be really right. kind of niche. 
uh, or UI features. Something yeah, but they, they use that for the big ones too. But oh no, we make it all <clears> right. They do. They mix it all in. So I, that's what got me started. Was like just I was frustrated with this huge gap where we would just sit around waiting for Google to tell us. And you know that seems so counter to our culture as SEOs. We're like, oh, Google's the worst. We hate them. Like, okay, <laughs> let's wait. Please, please tell us if you updated the algorithm, <laughs> sir. You know, and I'm like, what? Like, that's how awesome. weird is that? that? Like, that's like the opposite of our usual BS. Like, that, you know, we're in your face, except for that one thing where we just <laughs> patiently wait for Google to bestow that upon us. And, you know, it's just a little extreme, but that, that was my frustration. But I think over the years, the thing I've seen is the thing that people have said to me is like, you know what? It really helps to know, was it just me? Or was it the whole world? Was it just me or was it Google? And at least then I know where to start. Right. And so I think that's the thing that's kind of kept me on it. And obviously we've changed how we do it. But yeah, it is. It's funny when I, as a content marketer, when I go back, um, Cyrus on my team is really great at this, but I'll go back to like tuna title tag, you know, just do like that exactly. basic research for a post. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I got to get out of my headspace. Like it's like way too abstract. Like that. So I, every, every month I got to like drill back down to, all right, how do I make this actionable? And what does this actually mean? And not get caught in the weeds. I'll do like a whole post, but like, all right, all right. Uh, takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. The conclusion. I'm always like sending it to the editors with no conclusion. <laughs> That's awesome. I get back That's to that. Great. I'm sure there's a point I was making. In conclusion. That's awesome. Yeah. So same thing with SERP features, though. I guess the same thing with SERP features, right? We both track SERP features. Yeah. Who the hell cares? Play, to play devil's advocate here, oh, site links. There are more site links on page one of the SERP. I have an easier answer to that one. Okay. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know it at first when I started to track them. I think if you look at the early days of SERP features, we just saw them as add-ons. Like yeah. You've got the SERP. Right. And it can have up to seven ads or whatever. That time was like 11, I think. Uh and it can have video thumbnails, and it can have news, and it can have images. And they were all just kind of like building blocks that Google could put on the SERP if there was relevant content, right? And then over time, there was a clear shift where SERP features became fundamentally about intent. And it's not just something where every SERP can have this. Like Featured Snippets, great example. You don't generally see those on certain kinds of commercial SERPs. You, you know, like they tend to be, not always, but they tend to be informational. They tend to be a certain kind of query. And even with ads now, you look, when Google went from three ads on top to four ads on top, <clears throat> there was a immediate shift in that the SERPs that got four ads, they weren't the ones where people were just bidding enough to justify having four ads. They were the most commercial mm -hmm. SERPs that I think Google knew were converting. And now we see it with this whole SERP funnel where you'll see like related pro you'll, uh, like oh, research carousels and all this. It's, it's and there's insane. no ads. And then you click down a layer and then there's the ad. Right. And Google is working on this refinement funnel. And so I think the thing that's so important now is that those features tell you about intent and tell you what you should be targeting and tell you that maybe you should stay the hell away from that SERP. Also true. You know, maybe you shouldn't be trying to do organic for wedding dresses. Yep where there's 17 paid positions on the top and making up that number, but it could be true. Uh, and a local pack and, you know, three other things before you get to organic and think differently about how you target. So that's the fascinating thing to me. I don't think these are just stats of 
yeah, sure, I tracked. Did it go up? Did it go down? I, I don't think that's that important. Right. But if you're trying to, if you're not doing video on a SERP with a video carousel and a giant video at the top, right? What's the point? Like, what right. do you, what do you do? Go somewhere else. You know, either start doing video or find a greener pasture for what you do best. So. I, mean, I saw one today. I forgot the query. Something with COVID, and the top of the SERP was a news carousel, and then a video carousel, and there, that was it. Like that was like there's nothing else above the. And uh, people also um, related questions. What do we what do we call those? Yeah, people that's also like asked everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's always somewhere now. It's it's amazing. And it's just like it's <clears throat> unbelievable. I think you're right. Like I, I think people feel like, how do we beat Google? Like, I, I, my opinion, you are not beating Google. Just go somewhere else. Yeah. And then go where I think even Google knows it. Like, why are they not showing ads? Like, why are they leaving that money on the table? Yeah. Because there was no money there. Right. Nobody was clicking on those ads. They were <laughs> lousy ads. And so they realized we need to get people to the point in the funnel where they want to buy. And I, we have to mimic that. We have to understand, like, look, like right now during COVID is a great example. Like, this is a great time to shift to more mid-funnel, top-of-funnel content. Maybe you're not actively selling right now. Maybe you've got all sorts of challenges, but you're trying to stay afloat. Get that informational content out there. Get yeah. your brand awareness. Get that mid-funnel stuff so that when you're ready to open back up the bottom of the funnel, you can make that move. But those are different SERPs. Like, that's not just organic versus ads. That's how we used to see it, right? Like, those are completely different SERPs uh, that require a completely different kind of targeting. And so, yeah, we have to be a lot more strategic and get away from that whole vanity keyword, head keyword yes. viewpoint that sadly some people... I think we're still... Stuff. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're still <clears throat> high search volume keyword. Go for it. Yeah, we talk about... <laughs> yeah. But it's, no, it's the same thing with the winners and losers list. Like it's, it's hard. I will get so much traffic if I target this keyword, theoretically speaking. It's hard. Right. I, I, right. I hear that. I just don't think it makes any sense. It's funny because you, when you look at when you look at Google, like the biggest thing for me is like how they use their SERP features is such a clue into how they're thinking about things. And I don't think we spend enough time looking at that. It's very intentional yeah. nowadays. And yeah, it's very segmented. And when you start to see that, like, there's some exceptions, like, related, like, people also ask it's on, you know, 90% of search. Right. Okay, that's something. But, but even that, you can see what kind of questions are asking. Are, oh, yeah, yeah. Even it's an interesting feature to mine. Yeah. But a lot of times you look at SERP features, they top it 15, 20%. Yeah. And you're like, why don't they keep going up? Like, because they're not relevant. You know, people ask this with voice. Like, is everything going to go to voice? Like, forget. Yeah, I love that. No, one. because it can't. I think what's interesting is thinking about targeting differently and thinking about how different kinds of content are better for different kinds of SERPs. And it's not kind of all one big mess. And we don't like it because it's hard. You know, it takes a lot more work to do that. But I just think there's so much where Google is just trying to say, look, this stuff is effective for this, and this other stuff isn't. And if we're still trying to do all that other stuff or just hit everything with a hammer because that's the only tool we have, we're just not getting the results we used to get. And we see that. I mean, we see, like, traffic falling in some cases and CTR falling. We're like, we don't feel like we did anything wrong, and we didn't lose ranking, and we didn't get a penalty but we're not aligned with that intent, and we're kind of beating searchers over the head with it. Yeah, it's kind of the point where, I mean, not to criticize SEO tools, but there's really no substitute for looking at the actual SERP and seeing what's there. Because you can see, yeah, there's a feature snippet there. Okay, but what's yeah. in that feature snippet? What kind of feature snippet is it? What's Google trying to do with that feature snippet and so forth? 
And I think the challenge for us is like it, it's hard to look at every SERP individually, and we do want that aggregate data, but it's hard to aggregate intent. I mean, we've yeah. been working on intent tools. A lot of us, I'm sure, oh, yes. have been trying to launch, excuse <clears throat> me, trying to launch tools like that. And it's tough because it's really hard. The UI aspect of how do we present that to people is probably harder than the modeling of the intent itself. Also true. It, it's, a, know, it's, it's a mess. It's like, how do you, because it's funny because people always, Break it down. Okay, there's informational intent, transactional intent, navigational intent. Like intent is way more complicated than just that. It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those things are useful, but uh, it's, it's way more nuanced and way, way, way more insightful than just "Hey, it's transactional, hooray." And it depends what you're trying to ask, too. You know, like our classic question is, "What keyword should I target?" Like, well, <laughs> what are you what are you trying to do? Right. You know, and what are you trying to do today? Because you probably want to also do some other stuff, <laughs> but maybe not this week. <laughs> and, yeah. So yeah, it's just it's Job a complicated security, world. So with with that, we can keep going down this intent wormhole forever. But I have a little game that I play with my my guests. It's called Optimize It or Disavow. And if you're listening for the first time, well, thank you for listening. And it goes like this: I'm going to offer Doctor Pete two options. Um, either two really good options, and he's stuck choosing one good option over another good option, or two really bad options. In which case, Doctor Pete will have to choose one crappy option over another crappy. Option that's just really uncomfortable. Hooray. So, yeah, hooray for you! This is <laughs> most days, though. That's, that, that's most things, right? That's actually most things in life. <laughs> We're just playing the game of life here, or as we like to call it, this is a Dr. Pete version. Optimize it or disavow it. If you had to choose one over the other one, Semrush or Algaroo? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no if you had to check just one thing either cert feature trends or top level rank fluctuations meaning you wouldn't know anything about the niche or you wouldn't think anything about the sites being impacted just top level rank weather uh, rank fluctuations which one would you track cert features no question explain because i mean you know there might be a question for other people i i think there's just a lot more that's actionable that's i mean true. i think that's why i went that shift i the only thing that top level ranking flux tells me is, was it just me? Am I crazy? It's useful to a point. <clears throat> but if we don't break that down, it's not actionable for most people. And as we've been talking about, SERP features show us intent. I mean, they show us how to segment keywords. They show us how to think differently. And they show us how to target content and what to create. I agree. So I, end of the day, I just think that I'm with you. so much more actionable. And it's, it's, literally, you can see what Google's thinking where they're trying to go with this thing so yeah, yeah i agree yeah. so and all my other work is basically crap <laughs> that's right <laughs> waste, waste uh, stop wasting days. your time with rank fluctuations <laughs> it's ridiculous anyway dr pete thank you so much for coming on um thank you good to be here yeah and um best of luck out there and we're back to your regularly scheduled in search seo podcast <laughs> It's a podcast. Why are you whispering? I don't know. Are we, are we doing ASMR? What, 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 what? Who? ASMR. I'm a boomer. You got to spell that out for me. I don't know what that means. Never mind. Never mind. Let's just keep going. All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's go along on this journey. Um, what's next on our journey, Sapir? The news. The news. Morning. The news. How could I forget? It only have three segments. Four segments. I can do four. All right, Sapir. Could you please hit it with? the news 
Google has taken its rich results test tool out of beta, saying all of the supported markups are now supported by the tool. With this, Google will, sh will shatter the structured data testing tool at some point in the future. And everyone went freaking nuts because what Google did here was say, hey, you know, we'll give you great information about the structured um, markup that we support, whereas the old tool will show you everything you wanted to know about any errors or configuration problems that you would have with markup that they don't support. So right. great, very Google-centric tool. People are upset because, hey, we don't want just a Google-centric tool. We want a general tool for everything. So everyone's kind of like, yeah, it's up in arms. Everyone's freaking out, and it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Okay. okay, moving on. Moving on. Mobile image results may now get knowledge cards that appear in the previous screen. The cards expand and offer snippets of information on the topic represented by the image. Oh, you, you handled that very technically. Wow. Like, I like how you say mobile. I love how you say mobile. Uh, yeah, on mobile. <laughs> It's basically Whoa. like a featured snippet that Google, um, if you keep up with the SERP news, our monthly news digest on the SERP, um, Google was caught testing this um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, where underneath certain images, um, it's basically like a expandable cards that reveal what's basically a featured snippet from Wikipedia. Uh, interesting to see what car, what images do get it, what images don't get it. I think I read an article saying that Google uses AI to pick out, you know, understand the image and... And from there, it says, okay, we know what this image means. Now we can show these these cards underneath it. I've looked at a couple of them. You know, I, I Googled something like, you know, like, you know, Nissan Sentra. They all show a pretty clear Nissan Sentra. So why does one image get it over the other one? Don't know yet. Trying to figure it out. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, there's that. Okay. I'm done, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm done with my no, thank spiel. You. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Google Ads app now allows manager accounts so that you can see overview data across all accounts. Great. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. it. Okay. <laughs> Great. Any comment? No? It's a journey. <laughs> okay. Lastly, Google Ads is banning the advertising of anything that provides surveillance without authorization. The change in policy goes into effect on August 11th. So there goes advertising your nanny cams. Anything that surveys, that surveillance is, is that not a real word? That How do you say that? Oh my God, I can't speak English anymore. <laughs> Any device that, 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 that provides surveillance without the authorization of the person being surveillance-sized, totally not a word at all. <laughs> Will not That's be not allowed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a word in Google Ads. So good that you actually teach English. Me speak, me fail English. That impossible. I don't know. Does that apply to like you know like the doorbell cam things? That'd be weird. Uh, okay, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on topic. Are you? I am on. I'm waiting for you. What? I'm waiting for you. Are you? Are you? Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. Oh yeah, yeah okay. I read. I I, I said read mine. Oh, so I forgot you said. I, said I wasn't really listening. Lastly, Sorry. you never listen to me. I yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a you should be. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> oh, I can't. Anyway, I can't yeah, go I'm on. Done. I can't. You're welcome. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Um. Thank you for the news up here. Yeah, what a wonderful welcome. journey that was. Uh, the last stop on this journey is our. I feel oh, like I feel like I'm John McCain. This journey is a fun, our fun, the fun SEO send off question. 
Tell the good people at home what you have for them this week, Sapir. <laughs> okay, this week we're asking, if Google had a good luck charm, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All these questions. Yeah, okay. all these questions. Um, what would it be, Sapir? <laughs> Let me answer first. Uh, I would say, inspired by uh, last week's podcast, I would say uh, pennies. Pennies? Pennies, yeah. Oh, is that a thing? Pennies are a good luck charm? Yeah, I think so. Uh, aren't, aren't men, like, men usually have, like, a, a lucky penny boxers or something, no? I don't know. What? Wait, <laughs> how do we get from pennies to boxers, and what men do you know <laughs> that have lucky I boxers? I just... <laughs> never mind, never mind. I, what, I, what, I, I, I don't think Freud could follow that association pattern right there. We went from pennies to men who have lucky boxers. I don't know how we did that. Mine would be the head of a moose. A what? The head of a moose. Google will walk around with the head of a moose. Oh, God. Why? That's animal abuse. Wait, so only so I can get a reaction out of you. Why? You know how big a moose is? It's like gigantic. How could you walk around the head of a moose? Does that make any sense? Well, Google is also, you know. Gigantic. Yeah, I don't believe in Lucky Charms, by the way. I mean, I, I do believe in Lucky Charms. They're a great cereal. No. I, really? Oh, I will walk under have, a ladder like with a, a black cat and smash as many mirrors as you want me to. I think it's also stupid. I'm a man of science. Don't you, don't you believe, like, if you wear something, like, I have a, a, a good luck um, necklace, for example. Do you? Oh, so I just insulted yeah. you by saying this is, like, stupid, didn't I? <laughs> It's not. I don't really bad. believe in it, but it's just like. Uh, oh you know, no, I don't have that. I don't have anything like that. I don't. I am not superstitious <laughs> at all. Like I have things that I like. I don't think they're lucky. Like I have a mug that I like from uh-huh. college that I like that's chipped. <laughs> Someone chipped it, and I still use it. I wouldn't call it my lucky mug. It's clearly not my lucky mug. It got chipped. If it can't protect itself, how can it protect me? You have a point. Yeah. That's right. I'm a man of science. You are, apparently. Jeez, lucky charms, childish. <laughs> I'm, I'm pissing everybody off who like cares about this stuff. I better stop. <laughs> better stop. Lucky charms. Okay. Okay, that'll do it for us in the InSearch SEO podcast. Check out another episode of the InSearch SEO podcast next Tuesday, where we'll be speaking with the great and awesome Lily Ray. Until then, it's been in search because we're all in search of something. Thank you so much, and toodle frickin' loo.